0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In thinking about the, the gospel for today that you just heard, uh, I'm reminded of a story about a young man, this is years ago, about a young man who graduated from seminary. He had just graduated, and he was home uh, back home at his home parish. He had just been ordained. And because he was back at his home parish and all of that, he was invited to teach the adult Sunday school class that Sunday. And the story from the scripture that happened to be the subject was the story of Jonah and the whale. Well, this young man was very, very impressed with himself. He was quite pleased that he was now a master of divinity. And this is reported how he began his study that morning. In my studying of this particular story, I find no justification whatever for a faith position regarding the notion that a human being could be ingested by a whale and survive that experience. However, I do find this myth story to be one that would justify further theological exploration. Well, his grandmother was present, and she was sitting in the back of the classroom, and she was heard to say, Lord, you sent him to school, and he returns here a fool. Anyone knows that it doesn't matter whether Jonah got swallowed by a whale, a goldfish, or a guppy. The story is still true. That was that. I'm also reminded about another young seminarian who had just graduated and gotten ordained and preached his first sermon at a parish here in Houston. It was me, and my boss, the rector of the parish, was the Reverend Charles Wyatt Brown. And it was the first sermon I had given since I was ordained, and I was quite anxious to know what Charlie thought of my sermon. So after the first service, I said, Charlie, Charlie, what did you think? And Charlie said, Dick, I don't think you have to try to cover your entire three year theological education in one sermon. (laughs) So I'm not tossing stones at that other young man. I was in the same boat, but we do have an opportunity this morning to take take one of those stories in the Bible that, that makes us look beyond what we think we know to find the truth that underlies a miraculous event. The young boy brought all that he had, two fish and two loaves, By the time Jesus finished blessing this small offering of food for the multitude of people gathered there, it was enough to feed thousands of people with food to spare. The notion of something like this I think does indeed boggle our modern minds, but I don't think it does for those who read a story like this through the eyes of faith like the grandmother in the story. The truth of this story is summed up in the lyrics of the hymn writer. He says, God chooses ordinary people, like the little boy, God chooses ordinary people and little becomes much when it's placed in the hands of the master. Well, sadly, like that young seminary graduate or like that young priest who preached his first sermon, we often appeal to the safety of truth that we can comprehend. What did the disciples tell Jesus? We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. That was it. They were blinded. They were too blinded by the size of their little offering to see how Jesus might, could make it grow. St. Teresa once said, the one who has God has everything. So for most of us, as we approach this miracle, or any of the other miracles, we forget that truth which comes to us from St. Paul that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Indeed, when we turn to God in those precious moments in prayer, turning to God in that place where nothing can separate us from God, from God's love for us, Indeed, at those moments when we offer back to God whatever we have received, no matter how small or how worthless we think it might be, we are sustained and upheld and restored by the hand of the one who has loved us into life. African-American culture gives us many rich examples of this principle at work. The principle being that we offering back to God whatever it is that seems so small and it turns into something wonderful. Slaves. Slaves were given nothing to eat but the table scraps. And they took these table scraps and turned them into wonderful gumbos and stews. These scraps as it were Reminded them of God's providence, and to this day, those dishes are known as soul food. I mentioned that to Doctor Denny Thomas, Denny Kelly, just a minute ago, before the service, and Denny says, "Oh, I know all about soul food." (laughs) I told him I told him I wasn't going to say that, but I, I know about soul food also, also. Think about this from that culture. People were forbidden to read and write. They were forced to speak in a pidgin version of of a foreign tongue. And so they took these new words and they used them to create a, a lyrical tradition known as the slave spirituals. Are those light skinned free women of color in Louisiana. They were forced by law, forced by law to cover their heads in public to ensure detection of their African lineage. You know what they did? They fashioned those shameful head wraps into beautiful jeweled and feathered ornaments, which have come down being known in the fashion world as turbans. Those kind of examples, along with our story of the loaves and fishes, have a common message. It's not what you've got. It's what you let God do with what you've got. It's not what you've got, it's what you let God do with what you've got. Indeed, I think in summation, we believe in a God who will take 100% 100% of our nothing and turn it into the fulfillment of all our hopes and dreams. Amen.